0: Welcome to the final week of our sermon series entitled, God Goals. What God wants for you, not just in 2020, but this side of heaven each and every day of our life. How are you doing? How is your day going? It's probably one of the most common asked questions that you and I both say and are asked to respond to. Just circle back, maybe over the... The last few months, maybe think back to December and uh, the last week in November when you got together with family over and over and over again. Different groups, different sides of the family, with the cousins. Maybe your your work party with uh, your spouses, uh, fellow employees, and then maybe your work party, which was uh, only a week ago because you waited till after Christmas. Or maybe it's a a regular daily thing in in your office cubicle that that you're a part of, or. If you're like me, about two or three times a week, my wife at lunchtime or later in the day will just text me, how's your day going? And I want you to think for just a second how you normally respond. What's your one-word answer? What's your fill-in-the-blank to, to how are you doing? I mean, for a long, long time, you know what the answer was? Good. Fine. Fine. And we knew that most of you were lying, but you did a good job. But you know what Americans don't do anymore? They don't lie. When they're asked the question, how are you doing? How is your day going? More often than not, than ever before, the answer is busy. You know, I didn't ask my wife for evidence, but she saves all her text messages, so there's probably a string of them from me from the last two or three years. She could probably go back over it and and see when she asked me how many times I responded with the word, busy. Or when your cousin came in from town, you haven't seen them for a year since last Christmas, and and they said, how are you doing? How are the kids? How's the family? How are things? Busy. I mean, you wouldn't believe all the sports and the events and that our kids are in and work. It's crazy. I mean, all the things I have on my plate right now, it's just busy. Why is it the answer has changed? That people are so willing to cough up this reality that that my schedule, my life, the things going on in my world, I'm busy. Actually, if you do some research, you'd find some answers why this has now become the cultural norm in response to that question. Well, the first one is this. They, they've actually studied it. Experts have found that many people believe that being busy is the new 21st century status symbol. People who follow uh, famous people on social media or on Facebook, one of the things that gets more responses than anything else are when people of positions of power post about their busy life, how much they have going on, how they're flying here, there, and everywhere. And you know what? Many people believe that being busy is a sign of social status. That you have more money, more power, more, and you're more important. So people want to be more busy. They did a blind study, actually, created a fake person on Facebook and actually tested this and found out people reacted and responded more to the fake person's busy post than, today's good, I did nothing, uh, I enjoyed my vacation. Like, no. It lights up the senses of people in our world today for that reason. Experts also would tell you that that being busy is simply a reality that's a preference. It's something that people look at their life and and they believe that just being busy is what you should do. Idleness is bad. Busyness is, is good. I mean, all of you know that person who just can't sit down, right? Maybe it's your brother or your... Sibling uh, that you haven't seen in a while, but when you go to their house, I mean, they just can't stop doing. Like, you come over for a visit and and they're out mowing the lawn. Hey, I'll see you in a couple minutes. And then when they come in, they're like, hey, I gotta do this quick before I can sit down and talk to you. Like, that person, we all know that person. They do it because they don't know any different. They think it's what you should do. You just don't stop. And then there's this one. Actually, if you, you maybe have seen it uh, on a TED talk. Uh, uh, Brene Brown, anyone ever heard of her? Very famous. She actually said this about busyness. It's the act of staying crazy busy is a numbing defense mechanism so that the truth of our lives won't catch up with us. Experts, doctors actually believe that busyness is the 21st century's newest form of self-medication that you self-medicate, you numb yourself by staying busy. If I'm busy working on my house, if I'm busy with the kids and doing things and taking them places, if I'm busy and I work more hours, you know what I don't have to deal with? My issues. My baggage. You know what I don't have to have? That tough conversation with my spouse or my, my friend. And I can just numb myself. Maybe to my my own spiritual issues. If I just stay busy, I won't think about them. And then there's number four. Why do we respond that way? Because we are. American society, Americans in general, are are far busier than any other working society. If you just compare us to three of the 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 highest work rates and some of the the places in, in our world today, Americans work more than other people. You work about 140 hours more than the average Japanese worker. You know what that means over the course of time? If all things are equal, the average work week is 40 hours, let's just say that even though most Americans, the majority of them work more than 40 hours. If that's the case, you work three more weeks of work than the average Japanese person who works really hard. They're a working culture. If you moved to England, you know what? That number would go up to 260 hours. That's six work weeks. More for you than it is for them. And if I haven't inspired you enough and you're looking for the destination of your life where you want to move to, go to France. <laughs> no comments to any of my French friends who are here, but 500 hours less they work than us. That equals 12 weeks of work. Does that not sound awesome or what? <laughs> like the world looks at us as Americans and goes, you're busy. So now I know that answer to why you say it, and probably why I say it. But I haven't compelled you why you should care. Because there's a part of you that says, well, busy is socially acceptable. Busy is a social status. Busy moves you up the, the food chain at work. Busy gets the, your kids places. That, that busyness is, is, is better. Not so much. It actually leads to this. Hectic. It's the word that, that most American families and parents resonated with when surveyed. Our life is hectic. Almost two-thirds of them answered yes to that question. And you know what happened with kids between the ages of 9 and 13? 40% of them said, my life is so hectic, I don't have any downtime. Ever. 9 to 13? Like, you're that busy? Like, wait till you get old. I tell my son that. Like, wait till you have a job. You're busy already then. Just imagine what they think of the lives of their parents. Surveys have actually studied it. You want to know why this matters? Because 60% of parents acknowledge their lives are overwhelmed with stress, anxiety, because of their hectic schedules. It means two out of three of you who are here with your spouse, that's you. But you also know what you said? It doesn't affect our kids. They don't notice. So you know what they did? They surveyed the kids of those same parents. Eighty-five percent of those kids said, we notice, it stresses us out. You know where hectic, busy lives lead families? One out of every two married couples says they do not get enough couple time because they're too busy. Running errands. Chaperoning and and taking their kids places, doing their jobs, everything in life is keeping them so busy that they don't have us time. Sixty percent say they have date night less than once a month. And I know some of you are like going, seriously, do you know what date night looks like for most of those people even when they say they get it once a month? They run errands or do chores. Now ladies, take me back to the time when you were dating the man of your dreams. And if he invited you over to his apartment and and said, hey, we're going to have the greatest date ever. Uh, Right now we're going to do some chores. You take the vacuum and and I'll take the mop. And after this is fun, i got something even more exciting. We're going to run errands. We're going to go to Menards and and look at some of my favorite toys and tools. Because I need a couple for for my summer chores. You know what you would say? Bye-bye. And you should. (laughs) But that's how busy America's gotten that... That married couple's quality time is in a car and in Menards. And then there's this. You know what stress does? The number one cause of physical and emotional health problems. And when our kids at a 50% clip and adults at a 75% clip are saying, I'm stressed, you wonder why our medical bills are high. You wonder why the person winning are the pharmaceuticals who are making money. I'm guessing that that was hard to hear because being busy is affecting and impacting all of us. And there are some of you who are here and, and you're a little bit older and I use a lot of family examples, You're not exempt either because you know what I hear from most retired people after they retire? I'm busier than ever before. I mean, now we have all this time to run after this grandkid and watch that grandkid and those are great things and my wife's to-do list was so big for all these years. I'm so busy. And all the places we want to go, we're busy. And here's what Solomon would have you understand. Before I read the verse, I want you to be willing to admit with me on this truth. Based on all that I just said, Busyness is risky business. If it's affecting marriages and impacting our kids. If it's affecting our heart and impacting our, our mind. It's a dangerous and risky business. So if you're a go, 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 do, 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 can't seem to figure out the schedule. There, there's so many good things and great things that you don't want to neglect anything then listen to Solomon say busyness is risky business and where it leads. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, he says this over and over again, but, but look at this verse and look at these words. When I surveyed, excuse me, Ecclesiastes 2, surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, I worked harder, I did a lot, I, I built buildings, I organized societies, I, and, and this is one of the wisest men to ever live, if not the wisest. I did all these things, and yet when I looked at it all, surveyed it all, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. You know what Solomon might say today? You parents who think you have to have your six-month-old through 18th-old into every program, every learning opportunity, everything that they can get to maximize every event, he might say, come back and talk to me when you observe where it gets them at 50 will that have mattered? And I'm not here to tell you you can't. I'm just asking you to consider the question, should. The psalm would say all these worldly reasons are real, of why we need to address the risky business of busy. But then there's one more you see why Solomon would say something like this is because he knew it had a deeper spiritual issue. Solomon's running after everything, chasing after the sun, capturing earthly glory, building earthly kingdoms, bringing in millions and millions of dollars, and, and unfortunately, hundreds and hundreds of wives. He, he affected his spiritual life and relationship with God. And I would say that's the issue that you need to really understand of why like busyness is, is risky business. Because when, you, when you're busy, you know what's impacted? Your roots. And you know what you're missing out on? Fruit. You see, here's why I know this to be true. When people get stressed, when they're overwhelmed, when their plates are over full, you know what also goes up? The harsh words, the quick response of the tongue, the the hurt. You know what goes down? The joy and the peace, the gentleness and the kindness. My friends, busyness is a spiritual issue. Look at your heart. When you're overwhelmed and over busy and overworked and overtired, you, you know what you do, husbands and wives, too? I'm not going to pick on the guys but I'll pick on myself. I come home and I do this. And my wife talks to me and I, huh? And she's like, are you listening? I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. I'm not invested as God would have me be because I'm not rested. Even worse, it affects the roots. It affects your, your grow root. Because you know what happens when you have a, a two-page list of things to do like every good achiever does in this world? That, that's me. Like come and look at me on Monday and i got two pages of 10-point uh, font with all the things I have to do this week and I love crossing them off. You, you know what doesn't get put at the top of the list every day because I can push it off? My grow root, with me being honest. I, 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 I will do other things before I do that thing because I'm busy. Whether intentional or not. And you know this is true in your life too. So many good things and so many blessings in our life and so many worldly opportunities. You know what many people do at the gather route? They don't. How many times have you missed a gather opportunity because you were doing a family opportunity? A trip up north to the cabin. And maybe you said, I'll I'll catch the podcast later, but didn't. And we need to understand that busyness is risky business to our soul. Which is why I'm so glad that that God says, here's your goal. It's God goal number four. I'm glad it's the last one because I pray it it launches you into not just the rest of this year, but into a life that, that evaluates and considers this goal each and every day. Because it has physical impact on our kids, on our homes, on our lives, on our health. But it has spiritual ramifications for eternity. And here's God's goal for you. If you didn't catch it already through the rest of this service, you know how to fill in this blank. Say it with me. God wants you to rest. God wants you to rest. God wants you to rest. He he, he set it up as a design for his, his people in the Old Testament. He set aside the seventh day to honor God who rested on the seventh day. He set it aside as a day to do nothing, no work, no work, nothing, spend time with your family. He gave them enough food in the desert so that they had enough for two days. He told them to work hard and prep the food in advance uh, once they were out of the desert because he wanted them to have time where they would just stop doing and be and celebrate who they were, celebrate who he was. Rest. God wants you and God wants me to rest physically. And God wants you and God wants me to find in those moments of rest spiritual opportunities. And God wants you and and all of us to rest spiritually because he knows the eternal ramifications of it. In our crazy busy world, our plateful world, our, our anxious heart world. So you know how you are gonna get this what God wants? Listen to Jesus. It's the first example I want to share with you from Mark chapter 6 about physical rest. It's the first truth that I pray you'll take away and apply to help you get the rest God wants you to have. And it's modeled by Jesus. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported him all they had done and taught. So here's the thing that was going on that... The disciples had just been sent out recently. They went on mission trips. They went from city to city. They performed miracles, saw demons driven out, preached and proclaimed the the good news of Jesus. And they came back to Jesus. And you know what they had? They had what we call, for pastors, Easter and Christmas highs. Like for a pastor, you climb the mountain on Easter and you talk about Jesus and the resurrection. And and you're like, this is amazing. And you know what Jesus recognized in those disciples? Once you reach the top of the mountain, you're going to have to come down the crash. And Jesus didn't want them to physically, emotionally, spiritually crash and burn. And so you know what he did? He said, "Come, let's go to a quiet place and get some rest." Right in front of their faces were more people, right in front of their faces were more diseases, right in front of them there in that moment were people who needed to hear the gospel. You know what Jesus didn't do? Say yes to that good thing and in that opportunity, he said yes to rest. You disciples need to get rest. Jesus withdrew from the crowds time after time, even though there were hurting people and sick people and dying people. He didn't heal everybody. He didn't. He got rest. He went to the temple for spiritual rest. <laughs> Jesus recognized and, and modeled this great truth that, that I believe this passage reinforces and it's what I want you to take away today and apply it from Jesus' perspective, to, to get, accomplish this goal. It's something that you can't do. You can't be all in to all things all the time. In your life, you've been given many godly callings. In, in my life, I'll use for example, so you understand this, I've, I'm a child, that means I have a family that I was born into, now I'm a, a husband, I'm a father, my kids are grown, but I'm still their dad which means I have a role to play even though I'm not the one who takes care of them. I, I have a job. It's being a pastor and your job is different, but we have jobs, responsibilities. I'm a friend. I'm a citizen of this nation. That means I'm supposed to help others who are in need. Uh, I have hobbies and interests. There are a lot of things that, that are great things that are part of my life. You know what I can't find more of? 24 hours in a day. 365 days in a year. So I have to know that I can't be all into all things all the time. My body eventually, if I push it so hard and don't get rest, will break down. If I don't get rest, I'll be more open and exposed to to illnesses and diseases. And you know how I know this? Because I try to do this. In fact, over the last two weeks, I did this. I went to a conference. I, 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 I preached this week. I had two meetings this week that were important. I had things going on, and my kids coming back to town, and I was trying to be all in to all things all the time. And you know what I wasn't all into, or at least into much? Time with my wife. And here's how I know it. On Tuesday night, I got back from meeting night at 9 o'clock, and I had been meetings on Mondays and Tuesdays, was gone the week before, and she was on FaceTime with my son, and she said, hey, here's dad. I said, hey, son. He's like, hey, dad, you trimmed up your beard. And Holly turns and goes, when would you do that? I said, Monday morning. And she goes, well, I haven't really seen him much over the last week. Ah. Oh. Got even worse on Wednesday morning when we went to the gym. She looked at me and goes, you got a haircut. I'm like, yeah, Tuesday afternoon. You saw me last night. Hmm. Not intended. But trying to be all in to all things, to work, to people, to hobbies, to to other good things. I missed out on a good thing. And so you have to learn to say no. You just have to. You have to say no sometimes maybe to good things at work so that you can say yes to great things at home. And parents, maybe sometimes you have to learn to say yes to great things at home and say no to good things that your kids would like to do. Like, I'm not telling you the number of sports they should be in or or how many traveling teams they should be a part of or, or how many summer camps you should take them to, but when you, you take them everywhere and they come back with, I'm stressed, you're probably trying to be all things to, to them all the time. We need to learn to say no. We need to rest. Physically. And you know why we need to do that? Because if we don't, I know what's going to happen to us spiritually when it comes to rest. We're going to miss out. The overwhelmed, anxious heart is going to chase after more things of this life to bring peace. But if we understand and get rest physically, if we are willing to not be all into all things all the time, and put first things first, then our lives will be blessed. It might not change that they're busy. And it won't undo the fact that there are times you're going to be overwhelmed. And it won't take away stress, because this side of heaven, all those things are true. And the busyness of work, and the busyness of family, and the busyness of, of other good things isn't bad. It's only bad when it's done at the wrong times, in the wrong way for the wrong motives which is why Jesus' example helps us get our hearts back on track to recognize what we can do to accomplish this goal. Jesus and his disciples were on their way. They came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried. And upset about many things. You're busy. But few things are needed. Or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus didn't look at Martha and say what you're doing is wrong. He just said you're missing out on something better. Your busyness, Martha, is a risky business. Because you're missing out on an amazing blessing. You see, the, the reality is we can't say no to more crazy, busy lives until we first say yes to time with Jesus. Like if your grow root isn't front and center, you're going to struggle with being all in to all things all the time because you're not all in first and foremost to God. You can't be all in to all things all the time, but you can do this. You can do what Mary did. You can be like Mary. You can live this life. You can live this God goal. You can keep first things first. Keep first things first. If time with God is first, you're going to find the spiritual bread that will feed your soul. Not be consumed by by worldly food and earthly treasures. If you keep first things first, you know what's going to happen in your anxious full calendar? You're going to be able to at least come back to a place to say, I know that God is the author of the universe, that God is in control of the world, and that maybe just maybe if I say no and, and let God be God and, and, and be still for a while, it'll be okay. You'll find peace for your soul. When, when Jesus is first, you know what you might say to your boss? The king wants me to be at home because my family needs me more than that client. And I'm going to ask for that tonight, but I'm going to make sure I get done what you need me to do. I know, I know that'd be hard, but you might have to do that. And you might have to say no to your kids to one more thing because you want to say yes to to quality time in your home. You know what the average amount of quality time experts say of the family American family home has per day? 37 minutes. 37 minutes. I spend more quality time playing Candy Crush. That's sad. Like, really? 37 minutes. It's probably why my wife didn't recognize I had trimmed up the beard and got a haircut. We can do better. And we will do better if we do keep first things first because Jesus will speak to us. Husbands, love your wives. Parents and children, focus on me. In those moments of stress and anxiety and you're trying to figure out what to put first, think about rest. Physical rest. Spiritual rest. It's why... Uh, the words from the Hebrews echo, don't they? On the seventh day, God rested from his works. God modeled it, and then God commanded it, and then he still encourages it for New Testament Christians. If a Sabbath rest remains for God's people, anyone who enters, enters God's rest, spiritual rest, knowing that God is the king of heaven and earth, God is my savior from all my failures in busyness, because I've I've rested at times uh, at the expense of my soul. God rests also for those rest those who enter God's rest also rest from their work, just as he did. Physical rest. That comes with spiritual blessings. Because you know when we keep first things first, what we get? Stronger roots. And amazing fruits. You won't lash out with harsh words if you truly are rested, spiritually and physically. Instead, you'll speak in love. When you're overwhelmed and you don't know where to turn, you'll You'll not run to the bottle or busyness. You'll you'll run to God. And you know what I I know that because Jesus says it's true. He says, "Come to me, you who are weary and burdened." Like I would tell you that Americans are the most weary people around, and probably burdened around because they don't have enough time in the day to do more and get more and and be more. And, and Jesus says, "Come to me, you are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me." For I'm gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your soul. You'll find that it all is right with God. You'll you'll find that, that in me you have the ultimate rest awaiting you in heaven. Eternal rest. You see, God wants us to rest because He knows this to be true when we do, physically and spiritually. And maybe it's the way you should respond from now on. Have you ever had one of those friends who you say, how are you doing? And they go, I'm blessed. And you want to go, (laughs) like maybe they've, maybe they're onto something because maybe they're living this goal. Because you know what God says when we rest? He says you'll be blessed. Your home will be blessed. Your heart will be blessed. Your life will be blessed. Rest and you will be blessed. So maybe this week you need to think about one thing you need to say no to to say yes to that good thing called your wife, who I asked to be more busy this morning because I got mud on this shirt on the way to church, and so she had to iron one. Thank you, honey, for being a blessing to me. Maybe you need to think about one way that you need to rest more spiritually and what route you need to focus on so that that you don't endanger yourself spiritually. Would you do that with me? Because I believe when we will, you'll find this. God's goal being carried out in your life. And when you rest, you will be blessed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we know the human heart runs after things. We know you give us so many good things and opportunities and, and working hard and, and and living as a family and and all that comes with it. And, and all the extras in this life leave our, our plates full and our lives busy. And busyness in and of itself isn't bad. But when it gets crazy busy, We have to understand it's risky business to our homes, to our marriages, to our kids, to our our bodies, and to our our souls. So help us, Lord, be a church that sees this goal and, and lives it. Because we know when we rest, you promise we'll be blessed. So help us understand that we can't be all in to all things all the time. But what we can do is always put first things first. Time with you. Time in your word. Time focusing on the ultimate rest that awaits us because of Jesus, our Savior. Lord, bless us when we rest. Amen.